Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friends, my partners in radio, Barnabas Piper and Ron Martin. Pipe, we've got phase two of our listener-submitted questions today, but I want to get all the business, all the commerce out of the way right at the top. Uh, tell us about our sponsors, Pipe. I would love to tell you about our sponsors. <laughs> our first sponsor is Dwell Bible App. So it's an audio Bible app. Listeners, if you go to dwellapp.io slash happyrent, you can see the special offers that they have for our listeners, and I'll get to those in just a minute. Uh, Dwell has multiple Bible versions, multiple narrators, listening plans, etc., but they are rolling out very soon a really cool new product. It's a children's Bible read by kids. So they have multiple narrators, like 16 and under from around the world, similar to their adult narrators. Uh, so it's the International Children's Bible read by kids. Um, and this comes from the fact that so many of their users are listening to the audio Bible in the car with their kids, family devotions, bedtimes, things like that. So uh, again, go to dwellapp.io slash happy rant, check out the discounts they have for our listeners, and then go find uh, that product. I They they didn't have a specific release date, but they're planning on around the holidays. So we're, we're within striking distance. Um, if you go to their blog through their website, you can read more about it. But that's a great thing to, um, you can get it, you can give Dwell uh, to somebody else. You could even give this to somebody as as a Christmas present, birthday present, whatever. Um, go check that out today. The Children's Bible is their newest kind of best cool feature for the family. And again, the website is dwellapp.io slash happy rant. They have a 10% discount off their annual subscription and a 33% discount off their lifetime subscription through that link. Uh, our second sponsor is Visual Theology. If you go to visualtheology.church slash happy, you can see their products. You can see their discount for our listeners. That's a 20% off discount at checkout. They have books. They have curriculum. They have memberships. They have posters. They have t-shirts, all of which are very cool. I highlighted the books in our most recent episode uh, great for personal study, family devotions, teaching. I've highlighted the memberships. Those are especially good for people who are um, like Bible teachers, uh, youth or college ministers who want to bring this stuff into more of a curriculum type of thing. Um, but their posters are exceptionally cool too. We were given a bunch and then we gave away a bunch at our uh, at our live event as well. Really cool visual representations of various aspects of theology, various Bible stories, ways to to take scripture and biblical truth and put it into some way that's both well-designed and visually captivating. That's basically what they do across the board. So again, go to visualtheology.church slash happy. If you see something you like, use the code happy rant at checkout and get a 20% discount. Beautiful work, Piper. And they're making some new gear for the, for us, are they not? When is the when is the new gear going to be available? When can I sling a, a Happy Rant canvas bag over my shoulder? Well, that is yes, that is one of the things we discussed because uh, we are jealous of all the New Yorker posers. Um, yeah. the the proposed launch date for our new website with initial products is uh, is is only about two weeks out. It's right in the middle of November, so before okay. holiday. Uh, season, so you should be able to get Happy Rant gear as a Christmas present for yourself and everybody you love. And of course, we'll make a, a big hullabaloo out of that when it goes live. But we're looking at about November twelfth for the go live date on that website. Well, you bet we'll make a hullabaloo. You better believe it. 
Um, I just, in- I really wanted to use the word hullabaloo and I, I feel good about myself now. <laughs> well, I gathered that, yeah. And kids reading, that. kids reading the Bible for Dwell, what a project. This must have been like, like herding cats. It, it reminds me of that Whitney Houston song where she said that um, she believed the children were the future. Remember that? And teach oh, them well and, and let them lead such the way. What did she mean by that? Like, we don't let children lead the way. That'd be, that'd be ridiculous. But it, it sounded nice in the song, didn't it, baby? Oh, so good. I mean, you know, one of the classics. One of the one of the classics. Um, speaking of classics, boys, we have some classic questions from our listeners. Uh, I'm just going to get right into it because we got lots of radio business to do this morning. We got to do a Patreon on the back end of this. Uh, I mean, we get to. Um, so I'm going to get into this thing with a question from Good Catch M- listeners. Yeah, yeah, up on that at all. We get to exactly. Uh, this is from Mike McGarry which is a solid name. Mike McGarry says, who's the most surprising person to reach out and let you know they're a fan of the rant? So who's the most surprising person to reach out and let you know they're a fan of the rant? Baby, we we'll start this? with you. Did we do Did this we? one last time? I feel like we covered this one. Oh, yeah. gosh, you guys. How embarrassing. Mm. Who did you I say? Mean, I don't remember well, this at all. It's been a week since we recorded. Has anyone exciting reached out in the last week to any of you? I had a funny... I had a funny thing with my parents where – so my parents listen occasionally and, and they love the show and they're very supportive and kind. But like do your moms, you guys, ever do like the kind of the damning with faint praise thing where my mom will be like, oh, I listened, I listened to the show. And, and she was like, it was, it was so much more thoughtful than usual. And I'll be like, huh. <laughs> Thanks. You know, that's gr- that's great. You know, it was she's great. It was great. She's I don't know. So great. She's so sweet. I mean, I know she doesn't mean anything mean which, by it, but which like, version is being insulted with that comment? Is it the less thoughtful or the more thoughtful ones? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, or both. Is it just know. like a it's generally disappointing and this was disappointing in a new way? I can't believe we talked about that last time. No, we did. I remember now. I remember. You guys, gosh. CTE, I'm sorry. Um, I got no another. More, one. No more leather helmet football leagues for you, Ted. Exactly. Oh, you guys are so funny when you know they couldn't have possibly laughed at like one thing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. oh that you you guys are a riot. Yeah, You're you a guys riot. are a riot. A riot means I hate everything that you said, and I just a riot means I have no idea what kind of humor you're trying to dish up there. But I understand that other people might. But think. I know it makes in, me uncomfortable. You know. In what? <laughs> yeah. In what setting is a riot a good thing? I guess is the question. <laughs> right. Right. Um, here's an interesting one. This is kind of an industry one. Um, it's from FBC LaBelle. It sounds like a, yeah, First Baptist Church LaBelle. Um, the question is this, we've seen both Barnabas and Ron in at gospel project material. When will Ted appear? I don't even, mm-hmm. I, for the life of me, I don't know what at gospel project material is. Will you guys explain it to me and then, and then tell me when I'll appear? Like who's who's the head of this thing? I don't know. I don't know that I've been. Have I been in it? Have I been in any gospel project thing? I don't know. Man. I don't know. I don't that doesn't know. ring a bell. Piper, so, what's gospel project? Gospel project is. Uh, it's like a. It's a curriculum that Lifeway does. It's really. It's really good, especially especially their kids version. We use it at our church. It's um. <clears throat> we we think we've had them as a sponsor, but it has. It's been a while. Um. It's like biblical theology, so they walk through the whole story of Scripture over the course of three years. Um, I've—I don't think I've ever written anything for them, but I've done some videos in conjunction with them, you know, because they kind of do these spin-off 
focuses on different aspects of the gospel and stuff. So Ronnie, maybe you've done that or like uh, been on some sort of a webinar oh, or something like that. Yeah, no, I, I wrote something for their adult version of it, which sounds like a really horrible way to describe it. Yeah, no that's all I got. Interesting. Um, so the question is, when is Ted going to be involved? Yeah, when am I going to be involved? What's my what's, oh, what's my outlook with Gospel man, Project? I, I could have given you a real specific answer on this right up until about two weeks ago, because oh, no. mm-hmm. the guy who was kind of overseeing a lot of their stuff is is a, is Aaron Armstrong, yeah. um, who we we've we've interacted with, friends with. I used to do another yeah. podcast with Aaron. Um, but he he left Lifeway to take another job uh, elsewhere, so I no longer have direct connections there. Otherwise, I could have been like, "Man, Ted, we could get you in to like yeah. the Christmas. You know, they have some stuff that they're writing around Christmas or whatever." Nice. So, yeah, I don't know, Ted. Do you, do you really do you want to get in on that? Do you want do well, you want all that gospel project fame? Let's get down to yes. Let's get down to brass tacks. Let's talk about the fame and let's talk about what kind of paydays I would be looking at. Um, mm. Are they huge paydays, boys? Let's start there. Yeah. I mean, like everything we do, I mean, I, you know, I, I haven't had to lift a finger since March, since I completed my portion. Sure, you know. sure. Well, you know, I mean, um, so we're looking at a huge payday. And what's the, like, what has the fame um, kind of situation been like for you guys? Like, has it been harder to just, like, get out and walk around and um, just kind of be in the world with people knowing that you've done at Gospel Project material? Well, big T. I mean, you know, I live in a small town, so yeah. I I literally can't leave the house. No, it's I just. Know. I mean, yeah, it's it's a fishbowl. You know, everywhere you go, I mean, there's 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 people staring and wanting things, and uh, people camping out, people setting up their North Face tents on the front lawn. <laughs> exactly. People Tri- with their New York people with their, their New know, Yorker their, tote bags. Yeah, their New Yorker tote bags, setting up their North filled with gospel camp. project items that they want you to sign. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, the adult curriculum. Would you them. Would you sign your the two paragraph devotional that you wrote for May third? You know, like I, you know, I uh, I have a hard I don't do uh, autographs rule unless people want to uh, donate the money that I can give to a charity. You know, you, so yeah, yeah, exactly. Like really, you know. Um, you know what I just read on that note? Steve Martin used to have cards like pre-printed with his autograph on it. And when people would ask for his autograph, he would give him a card. Wow. Which is either <laughs> the most clever and funny or the most like a-hole-ish thing imaginable. I can't. Well, really I just stop. feel like the whole like I don't sign something. It's like, dude, are you are you serious? Like that one second out of your life, you yeah, can't right. lower yourself. Yeah. I always feel like that's amazing to me. You can't I mean, make I, like a little flourish with your pen for one second. I think there's a level of fame at which if you sign one thing, there becomes a crowd. You know, imagine if if Tom Hanks, granted, I think he actually does sign things because he makes a habit of being nice. But somebody who's that level famous, like if they're in a restaurant and they sign something, they're they're not getting another bite of food that evening. So yeah, that's true. I kind of and Steve Martin is is probably that famous. I actually got to see Steve Martin and Martin Short do their uh, their comedy like variety show the other night. I went and saw them, and it's uh, dude, really, it was, it was spectacular. They're Tell so me funny. everything. I didn't know they. I didn't know they were doing it is because of the show they're doing right now. Only murders in the building. They're, no, they, they were like, they were touring that? before that, uh, and so it's okay. It's basically just like their greatest hits. It's just yeah. them being them. But it's yeah. it's a bit of a variety show feel. So there's there's like there's banter where they're just sort of going back and forth, ripping on each other. They they regularly make fun of each other for how famous or not famous they are. Um, 
Steve Martin comes out with his, what are they? It's like the Steep Canyon Rangers. It's his bluegrass band, and they do a few songs. Some of, I mean, and they're, they're really good. Like, I think they're Grammy Award winning bluegrass artists. Um, Martin Short did a whole kind of, uh, like big musical theater number that that involves stripping down to a like flesh toned suit with abs and various <laughs> other anatomical things drawn on it to make people uh-huh. uncomfortable. They're just they're hilarious and uh, right. they make fun of everybody. Like there's just it's you know we've bemoaned the the you know how comedy has just gone away. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gave me great hope that I'm like, well, there are people who have been doing this for 40 years and they haven't lost their comedy fastball. It's It was yeah. really good. Dude, that's awesome. What was the venue? Where were they playing? It was at the Grand Ole Opry. So, you know, sitting there, wow. you know, it's like the stage where they do all these award shows and everything. We had yeah. we had terrible seats, but the the way the venue set up, even the bad seats, you have you have a good view. And yeah, uh, yeah it was it was really fun. Really cool venue. Dude, that's super cool. Um, yeah, it makes me happy to know that that's happening. Uh, cause I, I love those guys. Uh, here's another question, boys. Um, and this is a bit of a multi-tiered one. Uh, this is from a person named, uh, Goulian Clinton. And in between the Goulian and Clinton is an emoji of a, like a jack-o'-lantern. Uh, so like a carved pumpkin for Halloween. So I don't think her like Christian name is, is Goulian. Um, that'd be very unchristian actually. I think I'm making some leaps there in my logic, but I I feel pretty good about it. Um, here's the question MLMs. So like these multi-level marketing, like scammy things, uh, generally target female involvement, but what kind of product could fly if an MLM wanted to break into a male target audience? So Mm. MLMs, male target audience, and then there's a parenthetical. Then, of course, we need to know which products fit the personas of famous pastors. What do their parties look like, etc. Um, so MLMs for dudes, uh, maybe with a little side of pastoral stuff. Um, what are your thoughts, boys? Hmm. I feel like the whole basis of an MLM is the <clears throat> is sort of FOMO. You know, it's like I have yeah. to be in this because everybody else is doing it. And mm-hmm. and everybody involved, there's like the one person involved who rabidly loves this thing and everybody else right. kind of loathes it, but uh-huh. keeps doing it. I don't think that works as well with men because we just sort of watch somebody else do that stuff and we're like, shut up. You're annoying. Yeah. I, it's hard to imagine something where you would be sort of peer pressured into that kind of like, here, you have to buy these products and then you sell it and I make money off of you selling it. So my job is just to sign up as many people as possible. <clears throat> I think the closest See, would be like the guys who get into Bitcoin. If there's like a Bitcoin uh, <laughs> yeah. MLM. That's a very dude-oriented thing. Yeah, like. and, and the people who do it are crazy about it. Like They yeah, they love talking about it too. Bitcoin is like nerd uh, nerd CrossFit. So yes. it's – Yes. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it would be kind of niche in that market. Like it's not going to work with Tupperware. Yeah. It's not going to work with makeup. You know, I, so with men, it, there's there's nothing sort of vanity wise, but but yeah, like Bitcoin or or you know whatever the cryptocurrency stuff could totally work. So I, I push back gently a little bit on your assertion that like it wouldn't work with men because I get peer pressured into something almost hourly throughout the like I'm a I'm a I'm the biggest pushover in the world. Like I can't say no to anyone 
Um, so like, I feel like this would, that that is a strong counterpoint to my assertion. Yeah. I would end up with a house full of Tupperware or like Dogecoin or just, you know, all, all manner of things that I don't need. Um, baby, what are your thoughts on MLMs for dudes? Oh, dude. Um, I mean, I think, I, you know, I think dudes get wrapped up in stuff, right? We just, we, we just do it in different ways. And I think we're more, I don't know, we're more, um, I think Pipe just kind of keyed in on it. Like, we don't mind, we're probably more uh, of the, uh, we don't mind being observers more than partakers, you know? So, um, but I don't know. I mean, I could see, you know, I could see, you know, pastors getting all geeked out and being roped into like any number of things, you know? Um, I mean, multi-level marketing for pastors, like what would that include? I mean, how, in other words, like something they love that could benefit other people and they could make money off of. I mean, I, man, there's... Dude, that sounds I mean, like just it was made like, for pastors. You know what I mean? Because pastors are I mean. all, they're all kind of doing the like, uh, I'm so poor thing, but yet they're all, they're, a lot of them are kind of obsessed with money. It would be, it would be a fascinating like social experiment. You know what I mean? Yeah, to see like what would what would drive them into one of these things? Like what like what could they be a part of? What could they sell? What, what they could would they feel good? Yeah, like, would they feel good about it? Like I don't know, like a certain kind of Bible maybe that like revolutionizes, right? You know, um, evangelicalism, and everybody gets on board. Everybody wants a copy of it because I don't know. It incorporates like print. You know, like if you could get Dwell to make something that incorporated print and audio, and it's some like new like sort of like revolutionary like gizmo. And yeah. you see, can get pastors being the be- pastors being the best sellers of something like that because right. they're using it, you know, kind of a thing. Oh, um, and I don't and know. I didn't mean to imply that men don't love to purchase things and promote things, but the mid level marketing thing is like a social structure. You know, it is. Yeah, the invitation totally to thing, parties. Yeah. There's like you have your network and you're just in touch, and there's a constantly like how we sell in ladies and all that. Like, I don't <laughs> see any of that working with guys. I 100 yeah. percent see guys being like you'll get a kickback if you sell this to friends. You know, it's basically yeah, like, sure. it's just like, uh, you know, selling, like your kids selling cookie dough to raise money for schools. You know, they when they're like, if you sell $7,000 worth of cookie dough, you'll get, you know, a $5 gift card to Target and then kids go do it. That's, I think that kind of thing totally works. Yeah, well, so dude, it re- it high-end Bibles, something- clothing, conferences, uh, yeah. leadership cohorts. Oh, that's I think that's yeah. that whole like leadership. But it is more based thing. on community, like you said, pipe. Like I just what's that? What's that? Um, what's that doc that came out on that massive multi-level marketing thing that everybody's been talking about? What was it called? I can't remember the name. It's like a weird. It's like a weird name. It just came out on Netflix. I watched it. Anyway, it's some multi-level marketing scheme over the past few years that they don't they don't like to call themselves multi-level marketing like none of them do. Sure. And um but it was but it was primarily women, but what was really funny about it was so many of these women got their husbands in to like help promote it, help be a part of it. Yeah. And it was when the doll it was when the dollars started to surface that the men got really engaged and enthused and being like <laughs> in partnering with them in it. Yeah. It's still primarily women, but like it was so funny to see like you know, you, they'd be interviewing a woman and then they, you know, she was like, she would rise up the ranks, you know, in the pyramid. And then, you know, she would get to a place where she's like, man, you know, we bought our house, you know, with the money we made, we, we bought our four cars. And then wow. all of a sudden, like the dude pops up and he's like super engaged. He's helping with it. So I think, he's you know, there's something, I think, 
Dude, 100%. I mean, there's something in the water of men where it almost – it's like, dude, I have to know that I'm getting a return for that. I, I can't just do it just for community, just for the sake of feeling like I'm part of something. There almost has to be like some kickback that makes it like worthwhile for, for dudes because dudes are – you know, primarily, um, you know, driven a little bit more probably by, by commerce and, and things of that nature. And may, maybe that's a generalization. I don't know. Dude, it reminds me of uh, like when I was young, when I was going to Taylor and I don't know, I don't know if this energy was present at all at Wheaton Pipe, but like um, all these profs, right? So all these profs that probably came from rich families. I mean, let's be honest, but they're all, they're all doing the I'm so poor thing. Right. And so they all had like a, you know, like millennials think they invented the side hustle deal, but these guys all had side hustles and they were like, they were always trying to sell you like, um, like one of them was trying to sell like bee pollen products. Remember all that for like health back in the nineties and yeah, you know, like he had bee pollen and and another guy was always trying to sell like the original essential oils. Dude, right. And, and this other guy was like, I'll sell you. And this was a, this was a great racket at Taylor. He's like, I'll sell you. He sells wedding rings, right? So like, I'll sell you your wedding ring when you're ready to like get engaged or, or ask your lady to marry you or whatever, buy your ring from me. And it was just like, so slimy, like looking back on it, that, that these guys would do this. Um, but, but to your point, Ron, I mean, they were, they were obsessed with the money thing and, and it was all kind of built on the whole, like, I'm so poor. I'm a martyr for teaching at Taylor. You know, so I gotta, well, I gotta make I, my money in bee pollen. You know, I think, I think the side hustle thing looks very different depending on the setting of the school because you know Taylor's in Upland, Indiana, and like there's Taylor, yeah. and then there's like trailer parks. You know, there's yeah. and farms, and so like bee pollen or running a puppy mill or whatever on the side <laughs> kind of <laughs> works. That yeah. doesn't work at Wheaton because it's surrounded by like rich yeah. bond salesman in Patagonia vests. So yeah. the Everybody side has hustle there ha- has to be like, I'm a rep for Logos Bible software or something. Right. And so there was some of that where these guys kind of hustled that up, but uh, it was, it wasn't nearly the same. Like, Hey, if you come over, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to sign you up for a book club where you're going to, you know, and then I get a 1% kickback every time you order a new book or whatever. You didn't, you didn't get quite yeah. as much of that. Well, here, okay. So here's big to you. Here's a question yeah, for you, man. Yeah. Just kind of on this on this no, thread go. here. Um, so here's what's so funny. Like, mm-hmm. there's always this cliche, and I think it's. I, I think there's obviously there's there's truth to every cliche, and there's probably a lot of warrant for this. But you always hear that, man. Pastors and profs don't make any money, right? right. So there's there's kind of that cliche, and yet like that. I mean, do you you without giving numbers out? Sure. Do you find that to be true? Like, I mean, on, like from your industry, I mean, is it, is it that bad that everybody needs to have like two or three other like multi-level marketing jobs <laughs> to pay the mortgage? Yeah. That what's funny about that dude is like, that what's, hold on, lazy- let me add to it. Hold on. Yeah, let me, yeah, let me yeah, one more point. Yeah. One more point. So is it this, here's my, here's my two part no, question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it, is it that they actually don't make enough money or, and here's the, here's the mm. big, here's the big one. They actually have a little more time than the average nine to fiver to actually dive into having a side hustle. Yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll address those in order. So to, to the first point, um, baked into that argument. So baked into the whole, like, what was me? We don't make a bunch of money as, as professors or pastors is the assumption that like, if you were out in the marketplace doing something else, you would just be raking. 
right? So bu- <laughs> built into that is this like super arrogant, like, oh, I'd be a millionaire. I mean, for sure, if I was just out in the industry. And the fact of the matter is, I mean, you guys know you're writers. Like in my industry, I mean, there's there's a, a wild kind of spectrum of how you could be doing financially. And chances are, if you're any good, you're going to hit somewhere in the middle. Um, so t- to your question, no, I, I don't, I don't feel like, gosh, we don't make any money. You know, what was me? The, the whole kind of self-pity thing. And, and to your second question, and I got to say this in such a way that it's not going to tweak my employer. I am, I don't know what it's like at every college, but I'm at the type of college where like they wear you out because you're doing like 30% more than you should be doing really in order to be a good teacher. But we're doing academic advising. We're recruiting. um, We're advising like student groups, you know, so we're like the faculty advisor for this club or that club or whatever. So you're pulled in all these different directions when ideally you'd just be teaching a few classes and doing some research. You know, the fact of the matter is they're wearing us out. So, um, you know, and, that, and that's not a, a shot at my institution. I just think it, in a small college environment, that's the way it has to work to keep the model gotcha. working, you know. Um, gotcha. But for sure, like there, I, I know professors at other places who just teach their three or four classes in their home by one thirty. you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it goes both ways probably on the on the time thing. I, I have a follow up question. Yeah. What what field is the most prone to I could be making more money in the marketplace? Is it is it <laughs> like academia? Is it the pastorate? Yeah. Is it people who work at like Christian nonprofits? You know, you know, whether yeah. that's a kind of a yeah, a more outreachy kind of thing or a publishing thing or whatever, because I have been in the I've, Christian nonprofit world, now the church world for pretty much my entire professional career. And I, I see it less in the church world, but yeah. also I'm not part of, you know, the pastor cohort scene and all that. I just feel like that has been a drumbeat where it's sort of a constant, like, self-congratulatory, also self-deceiving yes. kind of thing. I have a very specific well, okay. answer. And then, I, yeah, no, you go, baby. Well, yeah, no, just really quick on that. Like, so here's a, just a weird example. Like, so I grew up going to Christian schools, right? And I'm telling you, dude, I mean, it was the, I mean, the drum they were beating literally, and this was from like first grade till 12th grade was you kids should appreciate what you have here because I, you know, I make a sacrifice. I could be making so much more money if I was doing public school education. The problem was, is they were 100% correct. Oh, <laughs> so, I think, yeah, with t- teaching, like, you know, the pay scale, public school teachers, they're yeah. unionized. They get paid X Christian school teachers get paid like 40%. Less. They get paid n- literally nothing. Yeah. So it was funny that they said that. And I used to just like go, oh my gosh, here we are back. It's like, well, then go get a job at a public, you know, it kind of, it kind of made you want to respond that way, you know, because yeah. they, they kind of used it. They kind of lobbed it at you. Right. Um, like nobody's then, got a gun to your head here, you know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. But they thought it was their ministry. Right? right. And so it was, so they would say, this is my ministry and blah, 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 blah. It was almost how they, it, I don't know. I don't know why they, I don't know. I don't know why they always felt the need to sort of like, you know, let us know that, you know, they were living, they were living impoverished lives because they were teaching us. But then when I grew up and I had friends, 
that started with Christian school education and then moved to public school, they're like, yeah, I literally make 70% more than, than I did when I was at a Christian <laughs> school. I'm like, oh, they were right. They were right. So it, yeah. it is, it is weird. So there is like, there is like a difference, right? But that's something though that's transferable. Whereas mm-hmm. if you're just a pastor and you graduated from seminary and that's all you know how to do, like yeah. that, there's going to be a lot less transferable you know, stuff going on there, right? right? For you to make more money. I don't know. Right. No, I get it. I have a, I have a very specific example on the other side. Um, so, and, and people are going to feel like I'm taking shots at this organization. Maybe I am, but like, have you ever had like one of those, like a campus crusade guy come to your house to try to like, to give you the pitch, you know what I mean? To give you like the pitch for support. Um, Baked into that, and this has happened several times to us. Oh, I know where this is going. I'm so yes, excited. there's yes, there's some there's some narrative about like you know I'm real I'm really sacrificing here. You know, my wife and I we decided to uh, do this, and we could have done so much better out in the world. You know, we could have done so much better financially. And I'm looking at it, and I'm going, you got a degree in English. Like, do you think somebody's going to be paying you a 150k a year to read your paper on like Chaucer's the the Canterbury Tales? I mean, there's not a huge marketplace for this, you know. Like, so who does this guy think he is? Like David Foster Wallace? He's going to go out and make a million dollars? Like, I, you know. So it it always slayed me that like that was a part of it, and and I always wanted, baby, I always wanted to be to them like like no, you're probably doing better in this, and. I mean, Campus Crusade, you make like 95K a year anyway. So like, <laughs> um, they're, they're doing just fine. I'm, I'm like, you're probably doing better, you know, like stay with this. But anyway. Yeah. I, yeah. If it's fundraising, if it's fundraising based too, it's like the, the sky's the limit, right? Totally. Dude, you, if you could raise a million dollars a year, it's like, dude, right. wow, you're doing great. You're doing well. Oh, no, right. no, you that's spend- not how those organizations work. It's like yeah. the, you get paid a salary and you're responsible for raising it. And if you raise above that, I don't think you get the raise. You know, so yeah, but you yeah, get, you get almost get paid, unlimited whatever. time to raise it. It's like you work 14 days a year, and the other 351 days you're like traveling and fundraising. And um, I mean, it's kind of an interesting racket, to be honest. And I'm gonna get hate mail for this, so it's it's not. It's not just Campus Crusade. Well, I no, it's not. You're not. You're not slamming the. You're not. No. You're not slamming the actual organization. They do no. good work. It's they do. Fun. No, it's I fun. I pose the question: Which field is most likely to do the? I could be making more. My other favorite yeah. is the campus ministry, where it's the I was making more. That's where right. I thought. I thought you were very specifically going there. It's like I took. You know, I took a, a 70 percent pay cut to to right. do this because I just felt the Lord calling me to it. I just. I always find it interesting when people talk about how this is their ministry and weave in the griping and moaning about the money. Yeah. Yeah. At, it's, you a, know, it's so funny. It's a mixed message. Yeah. You know? it, like, if you want to gripe, go do something else. If you want to do the ministry, then, like, do it with joy. <laughs> right. You, got, you only got two options here. Otherwise, no, otherwise I, you're making... That makes so much sense to me. Yeah. You're, otherwise, yeah, that, you're confusing the matter. That always made so much sense to me. And yeah, the guy that like, like depending on the ministry itself, um, yeah, like I was trading stocks for like Goldman Sachs making, you know, $2 million a year. And I, I quit to be a young life leader. And, and like part, <laughs> part of the young life thing is like, look at my mansion, you know, like we, we get to have parties in my hot tub and, and like 
watch movies in my theater theater room in the basement or whatever. But uh, I don't know. It's funny. Man. Also, anybody, I, I always, I mean, when somebody does that, uh-huh. this is probably more an indication of my dark heart. But when somebody's like, yeah. yeah, I was, you know, making making bank, doing whatever business, and then I switched to do this thing, I'm like, yeah, you probably put away $4 million before you started this, which means you're still richer than I am, making less money than I am. So right, I don't feel right. sorry for you at all. It's funny, like when you're young, and I, I think this peaked in the 90s. Like in the 90s when we were young, when we were in college, we were all obsessed with like, I want to have a job that means something. You know what I mean? So we're all like, you know, I, I, I got to follow my heart here, you know, and I got to do something that's meaningful. And now as a middle-aged man hollowed out by life, like all I think about is money. It's, I'm, a, I'm a shell of a man, you know? Like, But baby, that was really our gen, too. Like, when I talk to yeah. my daughter, I mean, that is not... The whole, like, my job needs to be my dream. I mean, that yeah. is out the door. That Dude, is not they don't give a rip how they it. think. All they're trying to do... I mean, literally, it's a means to an end, man, yeah, is all totally. it is. They don't, it doesn't have to be their... It, their, right. their vocation doesn't have to be who they are. It doesn't have to... Right. It doesn't have to sort of, like, shape their identity and be the right. dream that they always... You know, that, that they're going to change the world. It's literally just like, I need to make enough money to pay the bills so that I can do the things I actually want yeah. to do. I want to pay, I wanna I pay for my preferred lifestyle. Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's wild. And again, every generation is... That's a personality thing, too. I understand that. But, um, yeah. but nevertheless, like, I, it's fascinating... When I when I talk to more people that are in the under twenty five group, and it's just like, what, what do you mean? Like, it's almost, dude. I mean, seriously, it, not the rabbit, but it's yeah. almost more old school in the sense that it's like, yeah, dude. I mean, your your job isn't meant to like be what fulfills you in life. It's just meant to be like what provides you the life that you you need to get along, so that you can you know do the things that you actually want to do. You know, it's yeah. and then we came along. We're like, no, this has to be. This has stupid. to just literally fulfill us. In we were so stupid, way. dude. We were so dumb. I hate. I I hate. Like, I loved the '90s. You you know, I'm, I adore the '90s. But like, I, I hated that aspect of it. That that like, we just fooled ourselves. But that, uh, that pendulum is gonna swing. It always does. You know, like it. Well, yeah, it's just swung there right now. Yeah. So it's an interesting swing. And it's what. Well, and, and so much of that is driven by, you know, we were just talking about mid-level marketing stuff, you know, the, the social media influencer or, you know, people are like, I do this for two hours a day and I make $10,000 a month or whatever, promoting whatever products. Right. And it's blame Tim Ferriss and the four hour work week or something that kind of the, the shift in the mindset of like, do as little as possible to make the amount of money you need to live as comfortably as possible. That's right. going to shift <laughs> because that's. Yeah. What are people going to do with the other 20 hours a day if they're working yeah. four hours a day? They're going to get bored. They're going to get, they're going to feel aimless and it's going to swing back to, I need a purpose in my life. And then they're going to go hunting purpose in whatever job is. These things always shift. You know, we got to be your do. kids pipe. They'll be yep. hunting purpose again. We need to get on it. We need to get in on the front end of the like hunting purpose racket. We need to write a book called hunting purpose. Make it be by the three of us, make a pile of money um and then and then we'll have say, it because that's really what I we say the care next about. book that's what we the care next about book should just be called hunting for purpose hunting for purpose i love it that's the name of the next book that's book kyle from harvest house if you're listening um and i know you are we'll we'll get on the phone we'll hash out hunting for purpose boys we have to hash out a patreon app so i'm going to bring this one to a close um really fun like fun talk uh it was it was good to talk about the whole multi-level marketing thing so Goulian 
thank you for the question. Um, we enjoyed it, and we've done what we always do. We've wandered to and fro. Until next time. The Happy Rant is brought to you by Resonate Recordings. If you go to ResonateRecordings.com, you can see the full range of services they offer. So if you're considering starting a podcast, they are the ones we recommend going with. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see what they can do to help you launch and improve your podcast. Hi, I'm Beckett Cook, host of The Beckett Cook Show. I lived as a gay man in Hollywood for many, many years until I had a radical encounter with Jesus 13 years ago. Since then, I've gotten my master's degree in seminary and published a book called A Change of Affection. On my podcast, The Beckett Cook Show, I sit down with fascinating Christian scholars and thinkers to address the lies of the culture and bring the biblical truth to bear on those lies. To start listening now, go to lifeaudio.com or search for The Becca Cook Show on your favorite podcasting platform.